0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Monday, February 7th, and this is People Every Day. Hello everyone, it's me, your host, Janine Rubinstein, and congrats on surviving another Monday. I hope your work week is off to a great start. There is so much news from around the globe we need to get you caught up on, and let's just get into it. What's buzzing out there right now? Queen Elizabeth celebrated her platinum jubilee yesterday, becoming the first British monarch to reach the milestone. This year's accession Day, as it's called in the UK, marked the queen's 70th year wearing the crown, 70th. And festivities are expected to continue into the summer, but it's what she said about a potential future queen that's made big news. On the day before the celebration, for the first time, Queen Elizabeth stated publicly that she hopes her daughter-in-law, Camilla, Duchess of Wall will earn the title of queen once her son, Charles, Prince of Wales, takes the throne as king. So whether Camilla would be accepted as queen has long been in question due to the nature of the beginnings of her relationship with Charles and the unhappy marriage he had with his late wife, Princess Diana. That said, it's tough to know when that day might come as Queen Elizabeth is 95 and despite some minor health issues recently, does not appear to be hanging up her crown anytime soon.
1: I get those goosebumps every time.
0: I- and as usual, making headlines back here on the home front is that Kardashian-Jenner family. So first off, over the weekend, we learned that model and businesswoman Kylie Jenner, who's 24, welcomed her second baby with 30-year-old rapper Travis Scott on February 2nd, 2022. That's 2, two 22 Grandma Kris Jenner reposted Kylie's announcement on social media and added that she has a beautiful grandson. Kylie and Travis first became proud parents to their daughter, Stormy Webster, on February 1st, 2018. And I foresee a lot of joint million-dollar birthday parties for these two siblings in the future. And keeping in the world of the Kardashians, there are more developments in Kim and Kanye's relationship story and where they're at at the moment. A lot transpired over the weekend with back and forth between the exes being splashed all over social media. So to help us sort through it is West Coast News Director of People Digital, Marissa Charles. Hey, Marissa. Hey. Hey. I mean, I guess the best place to start is the statement that was put out by Kim on Friday. It addressed Ye making a post on his Instagram showing their eight-year-old daughter on TikTok with the caption, Since this is my first divorce, I need to know what I should do about my daughter being put on TikTok against my will. So, Marissa, can you take me through Kim's statement after this? It's very rare for her to sort of wade into this publicly. She tends to be very
2: quiet because her kids are involved and she posted a message on her Instagram story saying... Kanye's constant attacks on me in interviews and on social media is actually more hurtful than any TikTok North might create. As she went on to say, divorce is difficult enough on our children and Kanye's obsession with trying to control and manipulate our situation so negatively and publicly is only causing further pain for all.
0: I'm going through this as well with with my son, who's who's pretty young, and he sees friends that have TikToks, and he's like, I want to have a TikTok. So as a parent, you have that kind of push-pull, but... I mean, this isn't new. I say that to say this isn't new territory for them, but it's it's being put under a microscope given the divorce, right? Now, we knew Ye would likely not keep silent after her statement. And on Sunday, he spoke out on social media once again with some strong allegations and his point of view. So take me through what Ye posted on Sunday.
2: So he posted a screenshot of a text message that read, send me Kim's number. However, it received no response in the caption. He elaborated on the situation, claiming that um Kardashian had accused him of trying to have her killed. Oh gosh. This cannot be verified. This is a,
0: a strong accusation. It's just getting really, really dark and really public between these two. Like, what do you how do you untangle this, Marissa?
2: The whole incident sort of raises the issue of mental health in the public eye and how we speak about it. It's so yes. easy for people to sort of just dismiss him as being manic and saying he's going off script and and being erratic and sort of bipolar, I feel like has become the new schizophrenic. you know people used to use it as a butt of a joke saying i'm just being you know that person's being quite schizophrenic, and now people are saying that person is being bipolar, and it is a very real condition, I think what's going on with the Kardashians and the West sort of highlights that what millions of people are dealing with behind closed doors, it can be messy, it can be uncomfortable, it can be embarrassing and seem difficult to contain. And it is tricky because just because he has a mental illness doesn't negate the fact that he has rights as a father and should be able to voice his concerns. So I think it's really something that forces us all to discuss mental illness and have these uncomfortable conversations. And to be mindful that when we talk about it, yes, they're in the public eye, but there may be someone else who's battling this privately as an individual, as a family. People hear things and it may sort of affect how they feel about themselves and their situation. So... And it is treatable and you can live with it and have a normal, healthy life and relationships. It doesn't mean that you cannot live a healthy, productive life.
0: And then just the whole conversation as well about, you know, Kim and her safety. I mean, people, if you just take it on its face, people are saying like, you know, this is emotionally abusive behavior towards your ex. And that we have seen play out in a number of ways.
2: It's hard, really. You sort of dance with the devil, for lack of a better word, if you put your life out there publicly and then trying to sort of put the genie back in the bottle and say, no, that's public, this is private. It must be quite hard when you're trying to have a private conversation and deal with private issues, delicate issues, you know, um, not in the public gaze, to have someone just take it all out there and share tweets and share text messages
0: and, you know, put all your business out for the world to see. And then to get even more meta with it, though, he's arguing that his daughter should be more private and not be on TikTok. It's, it's a lot. Marissa, thank you so much for, for jumping into this with me.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Coming up, we're people watching with Laura Morano, the star of one of the most watched movies on Netflix right now. Plus, a discussion on cultural appropriation following an apology from actress Aquafina, who's long been accused of using a quote black scent for comedic effect. Stay with us.
3: This episode is brought to you by Snapple.
0: Now it's time for a fun little segment I like to call People Watching, where the buzziest stars on screen right now pop in to answer my random list of questions surrounding the word watch. Today, I've got actor and recording artist Laura Morano, who stars in the romantic comedy The Royal Treatment, which has been at number one on Netflix's What to Watch list for the last two weeks. While well, Laura plays Izzy, a New York City hairdresser with a heart of gold that has her Cinderella moment when a prince comes to town and she's here now. Thanks for joining us for People Watching.
3: Thank you so what you're having Janine I'm so excited to be
0: here okay where did people start watching you and would you ever do a reboot
3: my obvious answer is Austin Alley I have been acting since I've been five but Austin Alley is probably the
0: biggest one and I would definitely do a reboot 100% what's an activity that's so boring to you it feels like you're watching paint dry
3: I eat while watching TV, which I know people say you shouldn't do, Um, but I I have to do something besides just eat and do something with my brain. Who in your life is always watching your back? My mom and sister, for sure. They were my co-producers on The Royal Treatment, and producing and acting in a movie is a very intense uh, situation, so having them not only do their amazing job as producers, but also just support me completely and fully was very important and very necessary for the success for me in the film.
0: What is the one takeaway you want people to feel when watching The Royal Treatment? It's
3: such an intense time. I just think we all need a little joy and a little escapism. And I feel with The Royal Treatment, it's my favorite subgenre of regular girl meets prince of made up country, and it's a rom-com. And I really hope people watching it just have a smile on their face and get to feel joy the whole time watching it. What you watching this weekend? Kevin Hart has a show on Netflix called True Story. It is so, so good. It's so
0: good. I'm (laughs) blown away. It's good. It's good. Well, what should people be watching out for next with you?
3: Oh, um, well, I do have another acting project that I can't quite talk about yet, but I also have a bunch of music that I'm releasing this year. So that definitely people will be able to see and hear and all the things.
0: I love it. And you have so many loyal fans out there. I mean, your social media is popping. So what do you want to say to all of them supporting and watching you?
3: Thank you so much. I love them so much. And I'm eternally grateful for their support. People watching the world treatment all over the world. The number one global film on Netflix for two weeks is pretty spectacular. So I just thank you times a million to all of them.
0: Oh, my goodness, Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. And everyone make sure to check out all the things Laura has going on by checking out her social at Laura Morano.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love people and I love you. So thank you.
0: All right, now, someone who made a ton of headlines over the weekend is actress and comedian Aquafina. Before we saw her in movies like Crazy Rich Asians, The Farewell, and Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, Aquafina started out as a rapper in addition to showing off her comedic chops. However, she's long been accused of appropriating African American Vernacular English, or AAVE. Some people also use the term black scent to describe the way she speaks. So she took to Twitter on Saturday to address the controversy, but was met with more backlash. I have two people joining me now to discuss this. First is someone you may know from his viral video, Before You Call the Cops, where he uses his voice to educate audiences on how empathy can be used to heal and understand racial injustice. It is author of I Take My Coffee Black, Tyler Merritt. Uh, And along with him, we have senior reporter at Entertainment Weekly, Lacey verasi Banis, to share her thoughts. Hey, guys, I am so excited to have you both on with me today. Thanks for having
1: us. What up, Janine? What up? What's up? So
0: uh, let's quickly talk definitions. For those who might not know what AAVE is, according to Britannica, it is a specific way of speaking within the larger categorization of African-American English, AAE, or Black English. And as we know, 33-year-old Aquafina is an Asian-American actress and star of Comedy Central's Aquafina. is Nora from Queens, who has had the accusation of cultural appropriation follow her almost since the beginning of her career. But most recently, a lot of people have taken issue with her characters, namely the one in 2018's Crazy Rich Asian. So first, let's listen to a little bit of her there.
4: But you can't swerve. I'm not going to swerve, not for her. No, chickens are bitches, dude. And I'm not a chicken.
0: You're not a chicken. You're going to roll up to that way and you're going to be like, fuck, fuck, bitch. So I want to start with you, Lacey. What is your personal take on her body of work? And did you ever feel like her portrayals might be crossing a line in any way?
4: She didn't really burst onto the scene until 2018 when Crazy Rich Asians hit and Ocean's 8 hit. And I think there were very few people who would say in the wider grand scheme of general America that they had even heard of her. And yet, you know, in 2012, she put out My Vag, which kind of like launched her onto the scene and she had a number of other rap hits. She says, like, this was who I was and this is my identity. But the bottom line is she wound up using it as a punchline. So then for her to come into these films and have this black scent, um, I think people just assumed that this is who she was. But this is a character that she's taken on and she's made a career off of. Well, what about you,
0: Tyler? As as a Black man, what did you feel when you saw her in l- movies like Crazy Rich Asians? And and if you can, how would you articulate the frustration here for some
1: in the Black community? First of all, I thought Crazy Rich Asians was kind of dope. I
0: love that movie.
1: <laughs> I, man, I love that movie so much. Every single time it comes on, I still watch it. And even though I was aware of Aquafina for quite some time, I don't know her personally like that, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to lean into Lacey and saying who she was before this, I don't know, right? But what I do know is when I was introduced to her, which was before Crazy Rich Asian, I was hip to her online and what she was doing. Man, she just reminded me of my Asian friends that I grew up with in 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 the hood or, or, or in certain areas in Las Vegas, you know what I'm saying? And I'm a firm believer when it comes to African-American vernacular English. Look, there is no one way to be black, right? Yeah. Like I was talking to a friend yesterday and I think I said this is a sentence. I really enjoyed Jennifer Nettles in the Broadway production of Waitress on Broadway. And I thought to myself, how many black people said that sentence today? But <laughs> yeah. in the same tone though, like- I take Aquafina for who she is, you know what I mean? Like, and if she shows up on screen doing what she does, also because I'm an actor, I understand how scripts works, how characters works. I just don't know her on a personal level. And for me, it comes down to the question of, do you have a dark heart? Like, we got black people dying in the streets right now, getting chased down, gunned down, put on the floor. I'm going to keep it real, real with you. Aquafina's questionable appropriation is not at the top of my list today. And right now, everything I've seen is Aquafina's on my side. So that's how I feel about it. But I'm just one beautiful black man. In the
0: statement that she posted, she talks about her influences and love for hip-hop and Black culture. She's from Queens. She she has grown up in a very diverse environment. But she also said, quote, but as a non-Black POC, I stand by the fact that I will always listen and work tirelessly to understand the history and context of AAVE. And then she added, quote, I must emphasize to mock, belittle, or to be unkind in any way possible at the expense of others is simply not my nature. Do you think it got to the the heart of what people are criticizing yeah or.
1: well I feel like this right now in in America is is a black person like uh, the house is on fire right we're all trying to figure out ways to put this fire out right everybody's going about it in every single way that they can. And with that, when someone comes along like Aquafina and she does something that I feel like is out of place, who am I to say if my black brother or sister is directly offended by that? Again, there's no way, specific way to be black. We are not monolithic. So I can't speak on behalf of everybody. But for me personally, if Aquafina is going to come out and say, this is who I am and I would like you to trust me on this, keeping it real, I don't have enough proof that she's lying to me on that. I can give you a list of people who I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know if I believe you when you say that. <laughs> but Aquafina just hasn't been in a situation for me as a black man for me to feel that way about her.
0: And I'm right there with you, Tyler. Like, I grew up in San Francisco, California, had a lot of Asian-American friends. We talked the same way, liked the same things, all of that. It was just who we are. You know, is it something that she's using or or allowing Hollywood to use in a way that doesn't serve the culture that she says she loves so much? So so Lacey, I want to bring it around because she told Vice that she would never do a caricature of an Asian character on screen because it's offensive. So do you think she maybe didn't connect those dots when it came to how people are feeling about what she's doing with black culture?
4: Yeah, I definitely don't think she's connected to those dots. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a difference between her culture that she grew up with and who she identifies with as Aquafina. Um, I also think to her, Aquafina is a personality, and I think Nora is who she believes she is. And in order for her to Separate those two, this is what she needs to do. And the fact of the matter is, let's be real, people can hold multitudes, but to take something that's not yours and to build a career on that and not acknowledge that, that's where the problem is. The larger issue in her entire statement from Saturday was that she never once said, I'm sorry. She says all of the right things. She wraps that up real nicely, hands that over to us, but she never really says the words, I'm sorry. And I think that's the issue that people are taking with it, and understandably so, because she has built a career on Aquafina, and she hasn't really acknowledged where she's taken Aquafina from. But regardless, again, it's using it as a punchline, using it to build a career, and then not acknowledging it, I think, is what people are having an issue with.
0: And Lacey, what would you say about the flip side of that within the the Asian community, and, and if that is still an issue there, that is going on at the same
4: time? you know, it's hard because she's done a lot for Asian representation. If Aquafina just came out in another film, it wouldn't have been as big if it wasn't Crazy Rich Asians. That vehicle just kind of launched her into the next stratosphere. And Ocean's 8, it was just like the timing of everything. This just perfect storm for her to like kind of just be everywhere at once. And as a Korean American, I looked at that and I was just, you know, you can't help but be in awe of that. I didn't grow up with that type of representation. I didn't have anybody who really looked like me on screen. There's a lot riding on her for the Asian American community to be like, wow, like she's done so much for us. But again, is that enough? I don't I don't know that it is. And it's hard. It's hard to be Asian and reconcile these things. So
0: she's given her version of an apology, though, and has decided to leave Twitter in the midst of that. How do you both see things playing out from here? And and, and maybe if there's a takeaway for other stars, I'll I'll
1: go to you, Tyler. First of all, I want to say, like, amen to you, Lacey. You said one thing that I think sticks out, period, that I think a lot of people have to understand. You just simply said, plain English, it's hard to be Asian. (laughs) Right? Like, I feel like as a black man, I walk around all day going yo, it's hard to be black. Like, it's dope. Don't get me wrong. It's dope, but we get shot at a lot. So we live in an environment where it can just be difficult who we are. And then when you add on fame to that, then when you add on having to represent the entirety of your culture in a place of fame, there becomes a weight there that we just weren't built to carry. One minute you're looking at your bank account going, this is the dopest thing. The next thing you're going, Oh snap, I said two words. Like even right now I'm talking to y'all going, "Hey, bro, don't <laughs> say some nonsense." And so there's there's just a recognizable thing that it's it's difficult and it's hard to be who we are sometimes. Twitter is a place too where you give every Jim Jack Joe the ability to comment on every single thought that you have. So, in my world, Aquafina not if she does not have to use Twitter as something to continue to build her career, man, skip a Twitter,
4: <laughs> right? You know, actually, I would really like to see her go on like come on this podcast. I want to see her sit down and have a conversation with a black journalist about this and really like lay it out. And like, I think that would be really brave, and I think that would be really smart. Guys, it's just been such a rich conversation.
0: Thank you so much for both of your perspectives. Um, I really appreciate it, and just help break this down for the
1: listeners.
4: No problem. Thanks for having us.
1: Hey, thank you. Thank you for what you do.
0: Okay, guys, well, I know a lot of you out there are tired of all the cold and the snow and you just want some sunshine, even here in California, I can promise you, I am ready for spring and those long, warmer days. But in the meantime, I came across something that really warmed my heart that I have to share with you. There's a video of this woman going through a drive-up window to order a coffee. Her sister is the worker at the window, and the woman gives a surprising coffee order and I just, it's truly something to make you smile. Take a listen.
2: Can I get a grande latte
4: with one shot of espresso and 2% milk and one pump of card tea and 100% cancer-free, please? Actually, really? Oh, you're Are you serious? Can I really get that latte with almond milk?
0: You can just hear the shock and the love from both of them. So happy for them. Well, that's our show for today. The Oscar noms are out tomorrow. And you know we're going to have to talk about that. Until then, thanks for listening to People Every Day.